You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. You're watching the Pirate Football Playback on the Sports Objective. Join us every Sunday night on our YouTube channel and Facebook Live as we talk East Carolina football. Now, here are the guys. Welcome into the Pirate Football Playback right here on the Sports Objective presented by LNK Custom Homes. Call Kevin Walker right now, 336-688-8461. You can find out about all the great uh, homes, and uh, you can look on his Facebook page. It's outstanding. And uh, tonight, uh, Pirates lose a tough one. Uh, actually, yesterday afternoon, 42-3 to to the Houston Cougars. And uh, we bring in now Kyle Barber. What's up, dude? Not much, Dave. Uh, just sitting here trying to figure out how we only scored three points yesterday. It's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Bubba Rosenbaum from China Grove. How's it going, man? Uh, un- under the circumstances, uh, I guess o- okay. Uh, like Kyle, uh, just mind-boggling how we only scored three points. But uh, that's one thing. I, I guess the the older I've gotten, I, not that I don't take losses hard. I think I think my family would <laughs> attest otherwise. But uh, I have found a way to to move on a little bit faster and move on to what lies ahead. But, uh, you know, pretty, pretty puzzling and disturbing how we only scored three yesterday. No doubt. Matt, Matt Smenzer, of course, who played for coach Steve Logan and the, uh, linebacker for coach Logan in the nineties, uh, Matt's a tough day at the office pirates again, lose 42 to three. And, uh, just one of those uh, games that nothing went right. I mean, I think, uh, as far as we should do, I think we should just burn the tape. Yeah, well, I'll tell you guys, um, I'm glad we do this show 24 hours later because uh, you guys know I, I probably drive you guys crazy during games the way I the way I get. Um, but I have a little, you know, the nice thing about 24 hours later is you're a little more level-headed. You have a little more perspective. Um, but I'll tell you guys, I'm very, you know, I'm pissed off about a lot of the things that went on yesterday. Uh, it's hard to It's hard to explain. Um, but I, I've been a part of losses like that. I was part of that team that went up to Syracuse and lost 55 to seven. Um, I was part of that team that got blown out on Thursday night against Southern Miss. Um, you know, so I know what that's like and it's not easy, man. It's a tough pill to swallow. No doubt. Yeah, man. Before we really talk about yesterday's game and everything that transpired, um, since you brought up that Syracuse loss and, in 1997, your senior year, um, it was 56 nothing there at the Carrier Dome, as it was at the time. And, Last time we had a and, shutout. And then, um, and then the very next week, and you came home, you ended up losing the football game, but a very competitive loss to Southern Miss. You know, talk about what what that was like right after that uh, Syracuse game and the ensuing week. It was awful, man. It was awful. And you know what? The thing is, like, you know, you're getting killed in the media and, and all these different things. But as a player, man, 
you have to look yourself in the mirror. And like, I, I remember telling myself, like, uh, like, this is not good enough. This is not good enough. And we knew we were a much better team than that. And, you know, so you really, as a player, you, you have to, you can't be sensitive. You know, you have to take the criticism, but you have to look yourself in the mirror. That's what this team needs to do right now after yesterday, guys. Matt, yeah, you talk about that game in 97. Uh, you were on the defensive side of the ball, but I remember offensively, uh, the offensive line could not run block at all. And after that game, Logan kind of changed his strategy and almost abandoned the run for the rest of the year, which was very unusual because Logan liked to be balanced. Everybody thinks of Logan's being a pass-centric, uh, you know, minded coach, but he really wasn't. We were very balanced, but for the remainder of that year, we were pretty much pass only. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with uh, with everything going on, uh, this uh, do you guys? I want to ask you. I want to ask you guys. I'm going to throw this out to you, uh, Matt, and I'm going to start with the first topic tonight um, because I think it's important. Uh, you mentioned the first one. That's my belief. Uh, losing on that road, you commented to us a lot, and I'm just going to say this publicly. I'm going to give tip you the hat, and uh, we agreed. There was a lot of talk about Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. That's the first – we've got a couple points we want to make. I want to be fair to the whole team here. So I want to get your – how much of this was a letdown? This morning when I was drinking my coffee, that's what hit me. I'll just be honest, guys, um, because I was baffled. I was shocked. I was pissed off. Um, you know, I have friends there, a college buddy of mine that we we were together there in the 90s, you know, and we won a lot of games. And this is the first game he's been back in a number of years. He was excited about coming because we're having such a great season. Um, he was, you know, like every every possible angle from people that are well-versed on Pirates and not well-versed on Pirates, uh, it was very shocking yesterday. It was, and I'm looking forward to hearing all you guys' opinions tonight. But I, you know, I'll be honest, guys, I made a comment to you all uh, earlier in the week that I thought there was a little too much, you know, and I was concerned that there was just a little too much talk about Cincinnati throughout the course of the week and not enough talk about Houston. And I just observed that in the press conferences. Um, it was either that or it was senior day, which, you know, uh, call me whatever you want. I mean, I know senior day is a big thing, but I thought we just made too much of it, man. And I, I don't know what it was if people were just too emotionally wrapped up into this thing. But whatever it was, it showed up yesterday in a big, in a big way because I, I just didn't see players playing as hard as they normally do. And. And then in addition to that, I do think there was a hangover, you know, from the Cincinnati game. We just we just didn't recover from it. Yeah, here we have um, several folks chiming in, as always, on Facebook as well as YouTube. And uh, had a comment here from Charles on Facebook saying, does anyone believe in the theory that there was resentment toward Holton on senior day? And... I don't think it's I don't think it's resentment toward Holton. I think I think Holton's loved by his teammates. I think it's just a I think it's toward the way some of that um, that Matt was referencing as far as senior day, the way some of that was handled on social media, be it Instagram or what have you. Um, I don't think it's any any secret that uh, there was some uh, there were some players that were you know. They felt a bit betrayed, perhaps, and you know, and um, just felt like they were being done wrong. Um, hey, they they were a senior as well, and um, they they had a key role in um, helping with the turnaround and getting the program to where it currently is. 
Yeah, that that was when I saw. I was trying to figure out. I, I I do think the Cincinnati game played a lot into what happened yesterday, but I was trying to figure out. It just didn't make any logical sense to me how we could score three points on Houston. It, I don't care how bad we played on offense. I mean, they're, they're statistically one of the worst defenses in America. And you know, I, I, I it crossed my mind. Was there too much focus on Holton? Did some seniors have resentment? And again, not towards Holton, but towards the way everything was handled. Felt left out or like they weren't as important. And you know, when I saw the um, the the Instagram post from, from you know Xavier Smith, he put it out there um, saying, "What about the other seniors?" You know, TF. Uh, and you know that that he put that out there publicly, and you know you got to wonder that mindset creeps into the locker room that some players are upset, other teammates start to feel the same way because they sympathize, empathize, whatever word you want to use, and you come out and you don't play a motivated football game, and don't think anybody intentionally lost the game yesterday, but I do think there was a lack of motivation and effort. And I think it was a combination of um, the Cincinnati game. Um, we wanted to play for a conference championship, and we were basically eliminated by that by, by losing to Cincy. And then yeah, some seniors and other teammates that I think maybe took the sides of some seniors that felt slighted that all the attention was going towards Holton. I don't think Holton wanted that by any means. Um, I think if you would ask Holton, he would have preferred the attention to be put on the whole senior class. And, you know, this is just pure speculation. We're not in the locker room. But um, if that's the case, if there's any truth to that, it has got to be addressed by this coaching staff tonight. And I'm sure it has been, if that is the case. And um, I think Holton and the rest of the teammates, his, the other seniors and the rest of the team, also need to have a conversation amongst themselves. Um, it's a very fixable problem because this team has played well together as a unit all year. And, you know, we've been one heartbeat in wins and losses. We've been in every ball game. We have not played a game like that since 2020 against Georgia State. Um, so there, there was something to that game yesterday, whether it was people feeling slighted, whether it was a Cincinnati hangover. There was more to that game yesterday than just X's and O's. Uh, that performance on offense was just unexplainable. And, um, you know, some folks, you know, we're not, there are no excuses whatsoever. We got our butts whipped. Um, you know, something such as what Kyle was saying, it may have very well just been a reality. It's not, it's not an excuse. Uh, you, know, you heard Miles Berry, you know, you know, hats off to Miles and Holton and the other players. I think it was Gerard Stringer um, that spoke to the media after the game. They didn't make any excuses. Um, they gave all the credit to Houston and, um, that's just one of many reflections of um, the type of leadership that this team has. And, uh, you know, honestly, you know, why, why I did not think yesterday would happen, like even when you guys were talking about some of that, they were very valid concerns. But um, with the way this team, even, even in a game like Tulane where we got beat 24 to nine uh, and, you know, you really felt like you, you hadn't played very well at all. And you hadn't uh, even in that, scenario we'd only lost by 15 points and Tulane has a really good defense right yeah, yeah. That was funny. go ahead Matt oh sorry uh no I and you know 
to what you guys are saying, like, and we were talking about this in the, in the, in the pre-show, the one thing, you know, you can always say about Mike Houston team, since he's been here, you have to give him credit and say the team plays hard. The team plays hard. They run to the ball on defense yesterday, guys. And I'm going to be really honest. I didn't see it. It was one of the few times he's been here where I didn't think the team played that hard. And, and, and I'm just, and I'm not going to call out specific names, but there were, there's one guy in particular on two occasions. I saw him quit on a play on defense and, and that is, that is not good. Um, and, and just as a fan sitting there watching it, it really rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. So I, I, I it was, it was definitely uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic in that sense that the team didn't seem focused or playing that hard. Yeah. And now it's a matter of uh, picking your pick, like literally, like the cliche goes, you got knocked down. And Bubba, I'll give you credit. You actually talked about how will they respond. So that's the question I'm going to throw to you guys. Uh, now, how does this team respond? Do they just lay down and finish the season and just pack everything in? Or are they going to fight like crazy? Because one thing I will say, um, too, there was some people talking about, and I saw people that I admire and respect on social media, and I'm not going to call them out. But they put it out like the, the only thing that the, these kids were playing for is a bowl, and they already had it. Um, they, they don't have a winning season right now. So that's still on the table. We've still got two more games left. So I would say that uh, a winning season is very important. And uh, whatever happened last week, this last game of Houston, we can't get it back. Whatever happened to Cincinnati, we can't get it back. Um, now let's focus on Temple. How do you, how do you uh, rally these guys together? If there's issues in the locker room, it has to be addressed. Um, and hopefully it was addressed tonight. If those weren't issues, then you just got to get them refocused. Um, either way, you got to get them refocused. It just depends on what the problems were. Um, if we, if if the staff gets the team back on track and gets them playing together again as a unit, as a team, offensively, defensively, special teams, you know, thriving off each other, uh, you know, we'll beat Temple and you know have a chance to win whatever bowl game we go to. But if if any issues crept into that locker room whether it was lack of motivation because we can't win the conference championship or whether it was because people having their feelings hurt and those issues don't get resolved, then we'll get beat again by Temple. So to me, it's, it's, it's simple. You, 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 you get the team refocused and you address whatever the problem was um, mentally because there was some mental issues one way or another in that game. You know, you get those problems fixed and we'll beat, we'll beat Temple. We're better than Temple. Um, and I know people are going to think I'm crazy for saying this after we got our asses kicked 38 or 42 to three yesterday. I think we're better than Houston. I think if you played that game nine out of ten, I think if you played that game ten times, we win at least seven out of ten. And I know people are LOLing and 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 saying how can I say that? There's just there's just no way anybody can convince me that there wasn't something, some kind of hangover for us to put three points up against Houston. Um, it we, that it's just unexplainable. Uh, you know, Bubba made a comparison to the Tulane game. Well, Tulane's got one hell of a defense. Houston does not, and we even scored nine against them. And we're in position to score more points. Just didn't get it done. Yeah, um, we didn't even come close to scoring yesterday, but about twice did we have it in the red zone. You know, um, in the true red zone that, that we 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 were you know on the marginal you know getting close there a couple times, but. Yesterday was just ridiculous. Offensively, and, and, and you know, Matt pointed out the defense um, didn't play their best game, but and they didn't. But Houston does have one hell of an offense. 
defensively, they're horrible. And um, the key is, and Dave, you're right, the key is to move on the Temple. That's what we can control is what's in front of us. And that's what I want to do. I, I want to play Temple t- tomorrow. And um, hopefully we get refocused, fix whatever the problems are, and come out and play our asses off and beat Temple. Well, no question about it. And there's so many comments here. Um, the fact of the matter is I've heard, you know, people, let me address this too um, for the Deer Lodge. A lot of people acting like Mike Houston is not a great coach. Let me tell you something. Everywhere he's been, he's won. The first couple of years, they took him time to turn things around. You even have a COVID year in 2020, the second year. Um, the last time I checked, he got us to a bowl last year. Boston College wouldn't play us. We were 7-5. and five. We have a chance now to – that's one of the things. Uh, we still have a chance to go – I said 8-4, and four, but uh, I meant the regular season. But um, we have a chance to go 8-5 and five still, guys. So there's a lot still to play for. Um, these these guys or seniors have never played a bowl game before, and hopefully we'll have some. I doubt seriously we'll have a team that backs out at the last minute to play us. Yeah, and as far as um, yeah, some of these comments, they're clearly things that need to be corrected and addressed, and um, plenty to improve upon. Uh, that's not what we're saying at all. But uh, if if you look at it objectively where the program was when Coach Houston arrived and where it is now. I mean, there's no no comparison. And anybody who uh, who acts otherwise um, just, quite frankly, doesn't know what they're talking about. Now, do I feel as though we should be better than 6-5 and five this year, that we should probably be 8-3 and three or 9-2? and two? Yes. But that's not – that still doesn't change the fact that uh, we're significantly better than when Coach Houston arrived. No, I mean, the, the reason we have the expectations we have this year is because of what Houston's built here. You know, when he came here, we were horrible. We were lacking, lacking soccer college football. So, you know, he's built this. He's recruited these players. He's developed this program to get it back to where it was under Ruffin and under Skip, et cetera. And have we underachieved this year? Yeah. Um, but the reason we have the expectations this year is because of Coach Houston. Uh, the three and nine seasons aren't that long ago, guys. And people, you know, and people acting like there's nothing to play for. That's what kills me. Some of our fans acting like it doesn't matter. If we, you know, play Garcia next week. It doesn't matter if we beat Temple. Well, bullshit, it doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to win eight ball games. I, I want to beat Temple next weekend. I want to go win the, ball, win the bowl game and win eight games. And that logic does not make any sense to me. And I don't know. I haven't looked at the comments. I don't know if anybody's saying anything like that on the podcast comments, but Several fans yesterday were on Pirate Radio on the fifth quarter call-in show and on some of these message boards and Facebook groups acted like it didn't matter what we do the rest of the year. Who cares if it's 6-6 six and six or 7-5? and five? It doesn't matter now. Well, that's completely idiotic. It certainly does matter how we finish this season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's that's crazy to think that, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we as a team, you know, you're coming off UCF and BYU. You have all the potential in the world, right? And listen, you go up to Cincinnati, you, you lose that game, a close game. There's no shame in losing at Cincinnati. Then you get absolutely drilled at home. So in order to keep the, any type of momentum going, you have to beat Temple. You have to. So I agree. you got to take this game very seriously. Um, but, you know, one of the things, guys, I wanted to talk about is kind of like the elephant in the room in terms of the offensive play calling. And, you know, one of the things that really irked me yesterday, guys – 
and I'm just going to be very honest. I, I did not understand the play calling. I, I really didn't. And I, first of all, I think Houston knew what was coming before we even called the play. So it was predictable. But there are times where we have third and three, and we're throwing 40 yards down the field. Um, I didn't understand the philosophy. I didn't understand what happened to the middle of the field. Where were the shallow crossers? Where where are the wide receiver screens? Where are the tunnel screens? Um, did, we didn't work the middle of the field. And too many times on you know third and short, or even some of the times on fourth and short, we're trying to throw the ball deep. Um, that That is not a good plan. That is not a winning plan. Um, so there were things yesterday that went on from a coaching perspective that I thought were just inexplicable. And I'll tell you, I was really – I was upset watching that game, seeing us taking those horrible deep shots when guys were covered when we needed two or three yards. It made no sense. I think the thought, and I agree with you about not using the middle of the field and no intermediate game, but Houston's secondary has been horrible, and they were banged up even yesterday. Despite Horrible secondary, plus they were banged up. And I think he thought that the one-on-one matchups – you know, even though he used to play a lot of zone, I think he thought that we'd beat him with the deep ball because of our athletes with CJ and with Winstead, et cetera. And I think that was the fault. Um, I think that was probably oversimplifying things. It's still, it, even with not the best play calling, um, I'm still shocked we only scored three points. Yeah, I, I don't I, – I, um, Brown Squirrel, I'll, I'll respond to him. Uh, Houston – is not a thousand times better than us. I think the bottom no. line is that they played their A game, we played our F game, and that's why it's forty-two to three. I, uh, that's what I believe. I don't think this is not the Mo era where we didn't have talent and we didn't have people lined. I mean, do you guys remember that they didn't, weren't even lined up correctly um, in the Mo era? They didn't even practice correctly in the Mo era. Um, so to say that Houston's a thousand times better, they were better than us yesterday. We didn't play our, we didn't play very well. And that's the difference in the game. That's why the score was a score. Look, we were a six-point favorite for a reason. Uh, Houston gave up seventy-some points to SMU. Uh, the prior week, they, the prior week, they gave up thirty-some points to freaking Temple, um, who we're playing this weekend. Um, is it, Houston's a thousand times better than us? No. Yesterday they were, but are they a thousand times better than us as a football team or as a football program? Absolutely not. Like I said, I think if you play that game ten times, we win seven out of ten. And I know a lot of people who are narrow-minded. May uh, may go what they saw yesterday. How can I say that? Because it's not. It ain't all based on what you saw yesterday. Um, if anybody thinks South Carolina, for example, is a hundred times better than Tennessee because of what happened yesterday, you're you're a fool there too. Um, things happen, games happen, and there's different reasons why you play poorly in one particular game. Um, you know, I, I use South Carolina, Tennessee as, a, as, a, as a, I think that's a good example. Tennessee's a better team than South Carolina. They just weren't yesterday. Yeah, I mean, uh, South Carolina had a good day, and Tennessee did not, and move on. You know, that knocked them out of the national championship uh, yesterday. Um, they were – South Carolina played the spoiler yesterday. And uh, Mike Radford kind of read my mind here, and this is where I was heading next. Um, Kyle referenced the field goal, uh, not in this context, but uh, that was one of the things that, uh, you know, really, really ticked me off <laughs> – uh, ask anyone in section 4b i was i was probably a little too vocal about it and not and i'm not saying anything i shouldn't have but uh i was pretty uh outspoken but uh 
And I think Pirate Nation as a whole, um, the boos were pretty loud after that. Oh, yeah. um, you, know, you were facing – it's a fourth and goal with the three. You know, it wasn't a long yardage situation. And early in the game, I liked Coach Houston's aggressiveness, and it wasn't exactly the same situation. But, you know, after going three and out on our first two possessions, we got some stuff going offensively. Uh, moved the ball 45 to 50 yards on each of those possessions. Uh, had to – or didn't have to, but chose to go for it on fourth and – medium to long, like, you know, six to nine yards to go and uh, ended up turning the ball over on downs at the 25 and the 32-yard lines. And there, once again, our whole uh, PAT field goal situation comes back to bite us because at that point it was still it was either 7 nothing or 14 nothing. I think 7 nothing, And so you could have been looking at a 7-3 or 7-6 ball game. But, uh, you know, had you felt – the confidence in that unit to kick it. But uh, I like the aggressiveness and understood the decision to go for it. But then you're 28, nothing seven and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. Then you choose to kick a 21 yard field goal. And then right after that, um, they go right down the field, 35 to three, the ensuing possession for the pirates. We had the ball at our own 45, fourth down and five and choose to punt. Uh, and that's when, that's when I simply said enough. <laughs> and, uh, so I just felt like with the way that game was going, yes, was it a long shot that we were going to make that type of comeback? Absolutely. But uh, by kicking a field goal and then by punting, uh, you were basically waving the white flag. So that's why I waved the white flag. Yeah, and I think that probably that, – that decision, you know, everybody in the stadium booted and kicked the field goal, including me, you, everybody. And I think that has a lot to say about the mood on the sideline. Um and then we punted soon after that. I, I think I think we were waving the white flag and giving up, and I think Houston was really concerned that we were going to get shut out and wanted to get points on the board to try to create any kind of positive momentum, not to win the ball game, but just positive momentum going towards next week and, and to get the team positive. Maybe, you know, I don't think he realistically thought we could come back and win the game, but maybe we kick the field goal, get some positive momentum, get a stop, score and make the score more respectable at that point is what I think he really had in mind. And he basically said such after the game when he asked why he did it. He said, I just wanted to get points on the board. And uh, so I think that kind of says a lot about what the atmosphere was on the sideline at that point in the game. Um, if anybody was sitting behind the benches on on the uh, on the south side of the stadium, on, on the Pirate side, I'd like to, you know, if, it can, if anybody can comment on what the mood seemed like with, with the team on the sideline. Um, if anybody was close enough to really observe it. Well, l- let me just jump in on that really quick, guys. I- and I just want to go back to the basics really quick. Just take a, th- take a look at the team we had on the field yesterday. You have Holton Naylor's fifth-year quarterback, C.J. Johnson, Isaiah Winstead. You have Ryan Jones. You have Keaton Mitchell. You have weapons on the field. And, you know, it's it's just inexplicable to, to to have to play that kind of offense and not be able to produce plays and and I, I was and again I'm going to say it I was furious watching that game when we kicked that field goal I mean what is the point There's zero point to kicking a field goal You don't do that It, it doesn't make any sense So I, I'm in agreement with all you guys It's just yeah I was you know, why What's the point that's, that's my end of the stadium. And I was screaming. I was like, we need to go for it because there, 
Um, it wasn't like the end of the game where you want to get points on the uh, on the board to avoid um, that, but we're trying to win the game. And also the fact that it would be nice to maybe you could start some kind of rally. I just felt like with the – and another thing that I was worried about, guys, to be straight up honest is what if we miss that field goal? You know, we had a chance to score a touchdown. I was like, Conrad, you better make that field goal. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this in hindsight. Uh, might have been a good thing we did kick it, uh, or, or we'd be looking at a shutout. And how embarrassing would that be? We hadn't been shut out since that since that Syracuse game yeah. Matt alluded to earlier. So, uh, uh, in hindsight, even though, you know, none of us agree with it, it might have been the right decision based on the atmosphere on the sideline. I mean, we, I think Coach Houston knew we weren't going to come back in that game at that point, and he just wanted to get some points on the board. And, um, I, I, you know, I don't agree with it because we, we had – that was our best drive of the game, and we had it at the three. So, why not try to stick it in the end zone? Um, I don't know. Yesterday was just a mess. And the big thing now is whatever the problems were, um, I think they can all be fixed. We didn't forget – look, we didn't forget how to play football in one week. We almost beat Cincinnati. We just beat BYU. We just beat UCF. You know, we didn't forget to play foot, how to play football since the Cincinnati game. So, whatever problems there are need to be addressed and need to be fixed this week so we can go beat Temple. I mean, really, that's the only thing that's going to make anybody feel better is to go beat Temple and get our bowl bid and, and then go win a bowl game. And we're in the season with eight wins, and this is just a blip on the radar and a head scratcher, and you're thinking about, having an eight-win season, carrying positive momentum into the offseason. Um, that's good for recruiting, eight wins, winning a bowl game. It's good for recruiting. It's good for momentum going into the offseason. It's good for everything. So the key now is whatever the problems were this past week, get them fixed, get our butts up to Philadelphia, and go try to play our best game of the year. And I don't, I don't think we have to play our best game of the year to beat Temple, but it sure would be nice to. Absolutely. And uh, there's so many times, Matt, when I know you reference the fact that when, whenever there's a letdown the next game, it does always trans out that way. But I'm glad that we're playing. I'll just say I'm glad we're playing Temple. Um, I think if we were playing Cincinnati <laughs> on the road and that was next week, that would be uh, that might be a dumpster fire. Who knows? But yeah, uh, I'm not taking any. Don't get me wrong. Temple is playing better. So don't misunderstand me when I say that. Granted, um, but they're playing better, no doubt. Um, so it's not going to be an even – I thought that if there was any case of this happening, guys, I thought what would happen is the reverse. I thought we would do very well, and I was wrong about Houston, and that we could have a letdown in Temple. We are notorious for um, for some of the bad weather and different stuff. Or that, that could happen. So last game of the year, you already have a winning season, um, a lot of things there. But now we have – it is what it is. That game is in the past. We have to look forward to Temple and see what we can do to to move on. And, uh, Matt, I wanted to ask you and Bubba, um, with a tough loss like this, what is practice uh, going to be like this week, do you think? I, I mean, the first thing you got to do is you got you got to have – you got to take accountability as a player and a coach, not just the players, but the coaches too. Everybody needs to take accountability. And – Listen, everybody takes an ass kicking at some point in their life. You, it's, it's all about, not to sound cliche, but how do you respond to it? Are you able to get back up? And, you know, certain teams can do that. Certain teams can, can, can do that. What you have to do, th there's no way around it. You have to just simply, you have to go to work. You have to get back to work. You have to, you have to have a great physical week of practice. And you have to execute. 
You have to have a good game plan from a coaching perspective. It all goes hand in hand. But, you know, everybody just needs to take accountability. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, as a team, you don't want to finger point, but you need to you need to learn from it and get better. And Matt, earlier I referenced that 97 season because you had, but that previous season, uh, you referenced this on numerous occasions with us, uh, and that was the experience when you guys had a humbling loss on Thursday night, 28-7 to Southern Miss, and um, it was a game that was perhaps in some ways not not even that close. And then the following week, uh, you guys went on the road to, to Miami, um, I think a double-digit underdog, and most people expected to be pretty lopsided. I think they were coming off a, either a win or a close loss to Penn State, and the Pirates went in there and won 31-6, to and, and it was not that close. Um, could have very easily been worse as we you know, ran out the clock in the fourth quarter. And I know Coach Logan, that game, said how he had really challenged you guys he said, for the last nine days, he said, I have not slept. <laughs> and that uh, he said, I didn't know if we we're going to win the game or not, but I was confident that we would come and play well. And I, I think that's pretty much the situation we're in here. Yeah, and I don't even think you got to look far that far back to, to Matt's era. I mean, obviously, that's a good example. Um, but if you look under Coach uh, Houston, uh, Georgia State blew us out in 2020. We followed it up by beating South Florida handedly. Uh, we lost that heartbreaking game to Navy. We followed it up by blowing out South Florida. We lost this year. Uh, we lost to Tulane um, 24-9. We followed that up by beating Memphis in overtime at home. So under Houston, we have a history of bouncing back after tough losses. Um, so hopefully we'll do it again this week. This team's got to have pride. They, they've got to have pride in what they've built and – um, offensively and defensively, you know, Temple likes to call them, you know, they're like Temple tough. They like to be very physical. Um, and their defense always is hard-nosed. Um, they, they've improved a lot this year. They, they were really bad the last couple of years. We've been – people talk about not having success against Temple. Uh, Mike Houston's been pretty successful against Temple. Um, they've been bad the last couple of years. They're, they are improved this year despite the record three and nine. Um, but they, they do play a physical brand of football, and we got to match that offensively and defensively. And um, that's one thing we did not do yesterday at all is play physical one bit. And uh, that's one thing Mike Houston teams pride themselves on. So I would expect us to come out and play very physical against Temple. Absolutely. That was one of the things I was going to bring up to you guys is I texted you on the group tech, the physicality. Um, that's one thing is they, they seem to punch us in the mouth, punch us in the mouth, punch us in the mouth. And we had no response to that yesterday. There was there wasn't a lot of effort given. I mean, I, it didn't look like it. I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't I was on the field play, and I can't say what the guys were given. You know, I, I and I and you know, I'm not a coach, but it did not look like the same effort and intensity was given yesterday that we normally give. And I would expect to see that against Temple. I mean, I really would. I I have all faith in this team. I, I believe in this team, and I believe in this coaching staff. And I know uh, you know a lot of people after losses want to be super negative and look when, when I think things need to change and I think it's time to be negative. Nobody can be more negative than me. Um, ask Jeff conference, Scotty Montgomery. So I, I believe in this football team. I really do. And I believe in this coaching staff and uh, I believe they'll get the problem fixed and we'll be temple this coming week. I mean, I, I fully expect it and anything less than that would be a huge disappointment. This is not a six and six football team. 
this is this is at minimum should be an eight win football team, and that should be the goal now. That's the best we can do is win eight games. And if this team has any pride, they'll beat Temple and figure out a way to hopefully you know you don't know who you're going to play in a bowl. And but to me, if this team doesn't win eight games, it's a huge disappointment. Guys, let's talk about. I know, um, Shell. Thank you, Shell. We've been patiently waiting. Um, but he's asking about another issue. We were going to bring it up, Shell, is about Mason Garcia. Um, do you play Mason more? Do you play him? Um, obviously, what they were trying to do for the fans that don't understand that uh, all our folks do, they were obviously waiting to this point of the season where you don't uh, you, you lose a year of eligibility because of the redshirt rule of playing four games. So he'll still should have guys. What is it? Three more years after this year. Yeah. My yep. math is great. Um, so I wanted to throw that was one of the topics tonight, Shell. So I appreciate you very much for asking. It is about Mason Garcia. Uh, what do you want to see from Mason Garcia the next two games? Uh, me personally, um, I know some people want to start him, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, I, I think um, I think the plan, Bubba was this week was to play him in situations, um, particularly maybe down in the red zone with Holton being a little banged up, and we unfortunately didn't get opportunity to. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, the flow of yesterday's game just didn't allow for it until the issue was decided, and then we played him some there in the fourth quarter What he threw um, about five or six passes. But, um, but, yeah, unfortunately we got in that situation where the deficit was so large uh, – we uh, wanted to put our best hand forward, and and that and that's where I, where I'm going with this, and where I, what my thoughts are in the situation as a whole. Uh, you you do whatever you feel like you need to do to uh, to win the football game and uh, and put our best foot forward. And I mean, if that's bringing Mason in a certain package onto the field and to score in a certain situation or to pick up a first down in a short yard situation or whatever the case may be, then you do it. But you don't, uh, you don't just start playing someone else to, to build for the future. You have a commitment to, to this team to do everything you can to win this Temple game and then to win a bowl game. Exactly. And that that's what I don't understand some people's logic of, yeah, this doesn't matter. We're six and six, seven and five. Yeah, it does. It sure does matter. It matters to me, and it should matter to, to everybody. I mean, winning eight games is a big deal. You, check the record books, that, Bubba. You're pretty good at this off the top of your head. How many times have we won eight games in, in, in this millennium since since 2020? Excuse me, since 2000. How many times have we won eight games? Let's see. And uh, give me a moment. Give me a moment. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we won. We won eight, uh, obviously in two thousand and seven, um, and then and then we won. We won nine and eight, and we won nine in two thousand nine, and eight and twelve in two thousand two thousand twelve. We won eight in two thousand fourteen. We won eight and thirteen, and, and, and obviously 10. thirteen we won ten. So I get we've won. We've had eight plus wins. What six times? Six times, six times in the last 20 years. So if it don't mean anything to you to win eight games, perhaps your expectations are a little too high. And uh, you, you got to, you, you know, you you think we're something we're not. This, I, you know, we haven't been winning conference championships and winning 10 and 11 games on a consistent basis. I, 
I don't know where people get these illusions of grandeur from. 1991 was a long time ago. Um, so back to the question in hand, you play you you play Mason Garcia if it can help the football team win the football game. Is to me the simple answer to that question. Mason Garcia is not going to be. Let me word this correctly. Whether we play Mason Garcia against Temple or in the bowl game has no bearing on what, how he's going to be next year. There's two games left. Mason Garcia is not going to become John Elway in these next two games. Um, if Mason Garcia is going to be the starting quarterback next year, he's going to win the job in the spring. Um, he, he's not going to win the job by these next two ball games. And what, and what if you start Mason, which isn't going to happen, but what if you start Mason against Temple or playing perhaps a game against Temple and in the bowl game and he looks horrible? Then, then what do you do? I mean, so, I, no. The, the answer to the question to me, and I don't know if anybody disagrees here on the podcast, you play Mason Garcia if he can help you win the football game. And, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd like to just jump in on that really quick. I mean, in, in specific packages, I could definitely see playing Mason. You know, yeah. like, let me give you an example, fellas. Fourth and one, you're at about the 40-yard line. You need to pick up a yard. You might want to do like a direct snap because you don't want Holton to taking those hits right now. So maybe you do like a direct snap. Maybe you do some sort of a red zone package, like a read option type package where he can use his feet a little bit or he's got an option to throw. Um, I, I could definitely see that in terms of starting him or, you know, the mindset of playing him for, you know, just for the Flipping sake of saying like, yeah, that, 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 that's, I, and, I don't see that happening. And Matt, We're helping. And Matt, very quickly, Sean Richardson's, Sean Richardson, uh, you and I are in full agreement. You know, what Coach Houston, Coach Houston, Coach Logan would do uh, with some of the guys in, in his time, you know, be it a Dan Gonzalez or a, Ernest, Ernest uh, Tenen or or, or what or Bob, Bobby Weaver, David Garrard, whoever you know, when you play one series early on in the game to to give the starter a look at things from the sideline. Um, now obviously Holton's seen everything. That's not why he would be doing it, but uh, but I'm in agreement with you, Sean, as far as seeing a series. Yeah, and but to me that if we were going to do that. If we were going to take that Logan approach, that should have been done in September. Not well. I understand trying to save the red shirt, but to me, it's, it's too too much too late for it to make a difference unless he can help you win the football game. I don't think Mason's going to get any better significantly by seeing a bunch of playing time, and all it's going to do is yeah. put us in, a, in, a, in an adverse situation. And think about this, guys. You have um, – I'm sure he's getting a lot of reps in uh, practice and everybody says it's not the same in the game. But, look, you've got – right now, you've got uh, one more regular season game with Temple. You have all the practices for the bowl game you normally wouldn't have if you don't go to a bowl. You have the bowl game. You have all the stuff in the offseason when they're working on their own. You have spring football. You have – I mean, it's there's a long time between now. Uh, September 3rd next year is not happening tomorrow. Um, and I, I do believe that we need to give him some playing time, but to just throw the season away is ludicrous when we're not, if we were three and the, the, the mentality that I have, I'll tell you guys is if we were three and eight right now, then yes, you go ahead and play uh, Garcia on third, oh no, excuse me on Saturday. But the fact that we still have uh, a chance to win the regular season, the, the last game of the regular season, and you have a bowl game, like you said, Kyle, with eight wins, you're, you and I, 
all of us on the show are in agreement on that. Jay disagrees with me too. You disagree with me on what, Jay? What, what do you disagree with me on? That we should play Mason. Um, it, it, like I said, if Mason can help us win the ball game, then, then play him. But otherwise, um, no, you don't. You don't start him over Holden. Uh, when Holden's got two games to go in his career. I mean, I, I don't. I don't understand the logic people have there. I, I, I just don't. And you're free to disagree with me all you want to. In fact, get in line. But uh, I'm just curious. I'm assuming you mean about Holden. And and uh, and Garcia. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, well, you know, yeah, I, I'll tell you, I would, I would, I would lay it all out there for this Temple game because of the fact that heading into bowl season, now you have a month in between games. You have plenty of time to get healthy. So, you know, maybe some of the the rotations, you know, you might even change a little bit. You might keep, you know, your your front line guys on the field even a little more because you're not worried about having them fresh for next week. So I, I, this is a win you have to get, in my opinion. You have to get that taste out of your mouth from last week. And, again, you don't want to lose the momentum you've built. If you go up to Temple and lose, you're talking about a 3-7 and seven football team. And a three-game losing streak. And a, and a three-game losing streak then heading into bowl season. You're right. now questioning everything about your program. You're questioning right. the progress. You're questioning – Hey, were were we really good, or or did we just you know play good for a few weeks? I mean, so and, you, you got to go get this game. And Shell, this is a perfect opportunity. And the guys talking about uh, Mason, think about this: you start out, you you work your tails all this week in practice, and you literally have a great game. You're you're winning big in a Temple. That would and, be that would be the perfect situation. Yeah, a, a game like last year's Temple game where we where right. we won forty five to three. <laughs> yeah, and and, and I. I was pretty frustrated last year, you know, when we had that 42 nothing or whatever lead it was, uh, that we didn't get Mason more reps. I, I, I'm in full agreement with you, Sean. You know, and I know you're probably talking more early in the game now, but, uh, you know, obviously last year in that second half of that Temple game, I, I don't know why we didn't play Mason yeah, if, if we're in a situation, and I unfortunately don't think we'll be blowing out, and not so much because of us, I think Temple's a lot better. Um, I don't think we're going to be in a situation where we're going to be up that big. But if we are up by multiple by, – by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter or, you know, it's something ridiculous, then, yeah, you do play Mason a lot in that situation. And I know what people are saying. They want to see him in competitive time when the right. game's on the line. Uh, I'm not sure you do. Um, cause you want to win the game and Mason does not have that experience. I don't, everybody loves the backup quarterback until, until they have to play the backup quarterback. Yes. And, and you know, I, I'm not saying Mason's not going to be starting quarterback next year. I think he's earned the right to, to have that opportunity by staying. He could have easily transferred out and he didn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if we bring in somebody from the portal to give him some more competition. Yeah. And B pay said that, and you know what, um, that only adds and, and by doing yeah, that pays is right. You add depth to the program. You know, you're adding depth to the other guys, and they're they're fighting hard. And who will be the, you know, not only the starting quarterback, who will be the backup? Will it be Flynn again? Will it be Stubblefield? Um, you know, we have uh, other guys coming in and uh, transfer portal. I all the above. Well, I don't know why what people want to talk about next year already. I, I don't get that. I don't understand the logic. I mean, since when does winning eight ball ball games? And and having and winning a bowl game not mean anything to East Carolina. Since when are we Alabama? 
Exactly. Just when does eight wins and winning a bowl game not mean anything? Where, well, we just need to move on next year. I mean, people forget where we were so fast. I mean, we were three and nine for three straight years under Scotty Montgomery. Coach Ruff's last year, we were five and seven. Um, then Coach Houston's first two years. And, you know, 20, 2019, we were uh, four and eight. Four and eight. And then 2020, you can't really blame him for me. That was COVID year. We were three and seven, I believe. Much better team than that. Um, we that Tulsa game got stole from us. Yep. Um, and we had we had some other games. That I think we'd have won if they'd have been played. But uh, so the point is, we won seven games last year. Okay, that's the first winning season we had since 2015. And now all of a sudden, a second straight winning season and a chance to win eight games in a bowl game doesn't matter. Let's just build towards next year. I mean, I, that's ludicrous to me. Yeah, it's like you're getting, speaking of, you know, the guys in the small microcosm of the season when you go, go for a field goal. Um, it was like you were saying, like I was like going out of my mind. We were so close to scoring a touchdown. That's the way it's the same logic. If we're just going to give up the season and say, yeah, we, we're going to give up on Holton. We're going to give up on this team. Uh, we're getting ready for next year. Like I said, if we only had two or three wins, um, and you have nothing to play for, nothing to fight for, then you understand why you move on to next season. But the fact of the matter is we have still a chance to win seven games in the regular season and eight with a bowl. And, hey, guys, when, think about this. The last time we won a bowl game. 2013. Exactly. So it's been a decade. Which, which way, Belus? Now, Dave, I, I know I know Kyle, you know, for a fact that, um, you know, some individuals you've spoken to off the air, that that's how they were approaching it. But I, I think a lot of these, a lot of our listeners and viewers that are asking these questions now, I, I honestly, I mean, I don't think it's them not caring about how we finish this year. I just think that they're, you know, the way Steve and I go, we'll get a lot of questions about uh, big picture topics. Yeah, and, yeah, we, we, yeah. I, I think I think they're just thinking ahead and, um, yeah. No, I'm addressing it as a whole. That there, there was a lot of talk. I'm not talking about our listeners who are asking the questions. Then when I'm saying that, um, there was a lot of talk um, to people I spoke with off off of here. And if you listen to the fifth quarter uh, last night, and that's uh, what <laughs> that's the entertainment of money for yourself. Just listening to some people in the fifth quarter. Um, there was a lot of talk of. You know, acting like it didn't matter what happens the rest of the way, we build towards next year. And um, I just I don't understand that mindset. And I'm not saying the people that are watching us tonight are, are asking those questions for that reason, or, or even have that mindset. Um, I'm just speaking in general that there are fans out there that are thinking that way. Yeah, we had one yeah. last night that was like saying we should celebrate. He was happy because it was the last time the Holton Aylers ever played a game in Dowdy Ficklin, and I was like. Are you kidding me? So the one thing I will say about Holton, he played a terrible game. Guess what? But there's been plenty of games that he's won for. So UCF was just a um, just anomaly, you know, just a flash in the pan. You know, all the wins we had this year were just a flash in the pan. Um, you know, no, he played bad. The team played bad. Move on, and that's what we have to do now. And there were certainly some throws yesterday and decisions that Holton would have. Uh like to have had back and but at the same time there were a couple of throws he made yesterday that i i think some people probably uh didn't realize how how good of throws they were where he had a had a defender draped all over him and perhaps mm -hmm. uh, you know m maybe shouldn't have thrown the ball a time or two but uh, made tremendous throws under duress yeah and that's something that was a little surprising to me yesterday how much pressure they got on holton uh houston has not been doing that to people and uh 
don't understand how that happened either um, at all. There was uh, way too much pressure on Holton yesterday. Um, really surprised me. Yeah, guys, and I, you know, since we're going back to callers from last night, different points of view. Listen, I love what Dana Holgerson did yesterday. I loved it. He he was kicking our ass, and he kept his foot on the gas pedal, and he didn't let up. Even when his backup came in, he was throwing the ball, trying to get that kid reps. Um, you know, I, I have no problem with that. My, I don't believe in that whole. Oh, the other team is running up to score BS. You know, um, I, you know. I mean, I do believe in winning classy, but listen, if you don't like it, defense, stop. My, my job is to stop it, and if I can't handle it, you know that that's that's my own problem. So yeah, I, I had no problem with, with Holgerson last night. I didn't I have an issue with it yesterday because I thought with forty-two points, guys, I thought that was uh, that was about what I expected for Houston to score. They didn't score 80, 70, or 80 points on us, then that would be totally different. But I, I I felt like the difference was not the 42 points. The difference was the offense not scoring that everybody was upset about, right? I mean, I don't honestly, Dave, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, I honestly felt like that uh, yesterday's game may kind of play out the way that 2009 championship game did, mm. where Houston had a lot of yards. But, um, you know, we were able to force some turnovers, as we have been, and we got one yesterday, but not nearly enough. <laughs> but uh, I thought we'd be able to do that and um, run the ball. I mean, I know Keaton had 125 yards, but I thought I thought we were going to be able to do things offensively and score the way other people had against Houston. Um, what well, we won that championship game 38-32, to despite uh, Case Keenum throwing the ball 75 times for 525 yards or something because of, uh, you know, standing tall in the red zone and forcing three or four turnovers. My predicted score for that game yesterday was 50 to 38. So 42 is not surprising to me. Um, I, I, I don't think our defense played well. I don't think our defense played well, but um, I don't think Holgerson ran it up. And honestly, that's that offense. I mean, he's from that Mike Leach, how mummy coaching tree of throw, throw, throw. That's what he does. And I hate Dana Holgerson. I, I think he's, a, I think, I think he's one of the trashiest people in the game, but I, I don't have, I don't, I don't take any quandary with anything he did yesterday. Yeah, no. guys. And you know, we, we were in a real bind defensively yesterday because really anything we tried to do, we, we just couldn't execute. Like most of the time we would try to rush three or four and their offensive line was just stonewalling our defensive line. We couldn't get any pressure and Tune just had all day. He had all day. Mm. And on the back end, you just can't cover that long. Um, now, our coverage wasn't good on the back end. I'll say that. But you, you can't give a quarterback like that that much time. And then there were times where we brought pressure and we still couldn't get home. Mm. And, you know, he would just take a step or two out of the pocket and, and, and throw. And it was an easy completion. So it, it just seemed like anything we did, we did. And it all came back to the simple fact, guys, we couldn't get pressure. We could not get any pressure on the quarterback. And you just can't – you can't win like that. Yeah, and, and Houston scored on people all year. And um, a lot of people haven't been able to get pressure on their quarterback. Um, that didn't really shock me that much. Although I do think our defense is better than they played yesterday. I'll, I'll keep saying that. Much, much better. I'm not saying the defense played well yesterday because they did not. But when the offense – is only scoring three points 
Uh, that yeah. also takes a toll. Matt, you, you played linebacker. Um, how much does that bother you as a defender when you see the offense going out there not doing anything? I mean, does, does it get to a point where I know, you know, in some games maybe you feel like we're going to win it as a defense, but does it get to a point where the offense isn't helping you at all where you are like, well, screw it? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some games where you're, you know, you're you're really like if you're playing great as a defense – you're like, come on, man. Like, come on, just give us something, you know, give us something. And then, but there are also plenty of times where the offense needs to bail you out too. And, you know, what you really try to do, Kyle, is you really just try to focus on your job. And sometimes when you're on the sideline, you're not even paying attention to what the offense is doing. You're just focused on, you know, the scheme and the adjustments and all that. But yeah, I mean, to be, to be brutally honest, there's always going to be that time where you're like, just give me something, give me seven points, you know, you know, give me a field goal, anything. Yeah, no doubt. And, and guys, another question brought up. So um, about uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick, some people were saying they want him to go. Do you guys, how do you feel about Donnie K? I know that we can all agree there have been games we question, you know, play calling and even like yesterday, but uh, do you really want to see Donnie K go? Um, I, I, th- I love Donnie. Um, I think I think I'm not sure I'm not sure um I, I don't know you know Houston likes a physical style of ball he, if anybody is is looking for Mike Houston to to bring in an offense like we saw yesterday or a Lincoln Riley style offense it's not going to happen it's always going to be what it's going to be he likes to play a physical brand of football run first throw second and that's what it's going to be um you can still be more creative with your play calling. And at times I thought Donnie's called great games. I don't think yesterday was one of them. Um, I, I'd, I'd maybe if, if in the perfect world, Donnie would stay on staff and maybe relinquish play calling duties. We bring in a new OC and Donnie would, would stay on staff and coach receivers. Um, I, you know, I'm not trying to get any, any rid of our receivers coaches, but Donnie's one of the best receivers coaches I've ever seen. So um, let me let me ask you guys a question. So if, um, and I do agree that he's had some games, but what if, like we're saying, um, which we're verifying stuff behind the scenes, but what if uh, it is true that seniors were resentful and they just laid down yesterday and then play the game. So you call a great game. The, the players also have to execute. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I, I see the text coming across my screen that we're verifying things and I'm not able to read them because I'm on my phone. If I try to read the text, it's going to kick me out of the show. So I may uh, dodge out for a minute here to go read those texts. Um, uh, if, if that's been verified um, and that's the case yep. uh, and Donnie called a good game and it was because um, players not, uh, not being in the, into the game, then you really can't fault Donnie. Um, uh, you know, you, you, you can call the best game in the world. If the Jimmy's and Joe's don't execute it, it don't matter what the X's and O's are. Yeah. And we also have people, let me, this is, I know Bubba said, don't address it, but people are saying Mike Houston is 20 and 23. Um, it's so ridiculous. Uh, let's bring back Scotty Moe. Um, no, people, if you think Mike Houston's not a good football coach, you just don't know football. You just go go watch another sport. Go go watch, go take up hockey. Go, go watch hockey. The Hurricanes need some need some fans. If you think Mike Houston's not a good coach, you you don't know football. Um, I mean, and I don't, I, you know, I don't care. Simple as that. Is he perfect? No, he's not perfect. But he's built this thing. He he took over a program that was the drizzling shits under Scotty Montgomery and built this thing to where we expect to win. 
Why do you think we're expecting to win now again? It's because we've built Mike Houston's built this thing up. He's got it back to where we were. And, yep. you know, like I say, <laughs> uh, we have a chance to win eight games this year. I mean, that that's not to be sneezed at. Yeah. Like you're saying, Kyle, you got to look at point A to point B and – you know, folks are referencing 20 and 24. Yes, I understand that record, but I also understand uh, I see progression. You see, you see four and eight, then you were three and six, but you had the game at Tulsa, which we referenced, and then obviously the Navy situation that year with Holton where you, where you had to start Mason as a true freshman. And then last year you go seven and five this year, you're six and five. Hopefully you're going to finish eight and five. We shall see. And so reflect back to the beginning of Logan's tenure. And when things, we got wiped out by graduation going from 91 to 92, 92, you were five and six. Then you had the quarterback situation in 93, you were two and nine. So you were what? You were seven and fifteen. Logan's first two years, I, I would say that tenure until the very end, and that worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I think where there's an opportunity to develop as a coaching staff, and you know, this is probably going to sound critical, but that's just the nature of the business. Um, I, I think Mike Houston's done a tremendous job turning over this roster. It was in shambles when he got here. I think he's done a great job building a culture, bringing a physicality back to the program. I do think there's an opportunity to uh, become better at managing in-game situations, utilizing timeouts, um, you know, knowing when to, uh, you know, go to certain plays, um, you know, just clock management type situations. I think there's a real opportunity to improve there. Um, I think I'm hoping that's something he looks at during the offseason. Now, just because I have that critique doesn't mean in any way that I don't think, you know, Coach Houston's not a good coach. I think he's done a great job in many ways here. But there's definitely areas for improvement, and I, I hope that that's something that they're going to look at. The, the in-game situations, especially using timeouts, going into halftime, um, knowing when to take your foot off the gas, that kind of thing. So. No yeah, doubt. He, he's not perfect, and there is things he needs to improve on. And that same criticism were made of Ruffin. And I agree with um, Pace here. He says, and I'm just saying that Coach Houston, in his opinion, needs to make some changes and not be stubborn at times. We'll finish sixth in the conference, which is not good with this talent. And, um, yeah, instead of six and five at this point, I feel like you should be eight and three or nine and two. Are we guaranteed to finish sixth in the conference? I mean, if we win next week and other teams lose, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know the. Honestly, have not have not yeah, looked I, at I it since we were. I mean, it's, I'm not saying Pays is wrong, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I'd be shocked if six is guaranteed. Maybe it is, but I, I wouldn't think so. Um, I mean, you got UCF. I mean, we got four conference losses. UCF has three. I yeah, mean, I'll bring up the top standing 25. scores. You know, UCF, by the way, still in the top twenty-five after losing to Navy. Um, they got three conference losses. We got four. Um, so, I mean, just just to point that out, I mean, <laughs> UCF uh, is is a is a three loss football team, and um, all three yeah. losses or, or four loss football. How many losses UCF have now? They got three losses in the league. I know that. Yeah, I mean, or is it two? Is it us and Navy? Maybe I'm speaking out of turn here. Yeah, 
like I said, well, Kyle, first... right right now we are in seventh. We're in seventh, and what's the highest we could finish? By and uh, and and Memphis is also three and four in the conference in seven in uh, eighth, I guess. Okay, so what's the highest we could finish? Can you figure that out? Uh, I'll look at it. Okay, but no, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm I'm with Pays. Um, this is a good league, and we there are three teams in the top twenty-five. Um, but uh, it, it's it, you know finishing sixth is by the way is where we projected before the season, right? And but we were eleventh before and twelfth. So yeah, I, I don't. I, I think that is a little disappointing, but I damn sure you know. I want to finish as high as we can, and that means beating Temple. No doubt. No doubt about it. And uh, <laughs> I think we could debate this, you know, all day long. But the, the bottom line is that, you know, you're talking about Coach Houston. Last time I checked, he has made changes on the staff. Um, there were guys that were kind of pushed out uh, for, yeah. after the first season. So, And there were guys that have come and go. So, um, And let me, um, let me remind those people that think that Mike Houston is a bad coach. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Blake Harrell, and you can say what you want to, but the last few years, I think our defense has gone from a joke to where it's fun, it's exciting. They didn't play very well yesterday, but again, like we talked about, Houston's offense is very good, to be fair to the defense. Um, but last time I checked, uh, Blake Harrell was brought in by Coach Mike Houston, so it cuts both ways. Well, and, and also, look, nobody was saying Mike Houston was a bad coach last week or the week before or the week before or the week before. When we were beating Memphis and and BYU and UCF and losing narrowly to Cincinnati, nobody was saying Mike Houston was a bad coach. So did he just become a bad coach this week? I mean, come on, let's be realistic. Um, should he make some changes? You know, is it time for Donnie to to? I don't think it's time for Donnie to get out of coaching, um, but maybe time to over you know give up the reins as OC. Maybe um, time will tell. Um, but I, I wouldn't knee jerk reaction to make a change at OC. No. Uh, if, if he has somebody in mind, like I think, I think the hiring of Blake Harrell was was a strategic move. I think he knew he wanted to bring in, bring in Blake Harrell, yep. and um, I think uh, I think if, if Coach Houston has somebody in mind that he can go get and bring in that he thinks will do a better job than Donnie, then then maybe it is time for for Donnie to hang it up as OC. Um, I like I said, I know ego gets in the way of this happening sometimes, but I. I, I I'd love to see Donnie stay on and coach receivers because I think he's one of the best damn receivers coaches out there. No doubt. And I think also to comes guys, this comes down to the end of the year kind of thing after the season, because right now with two games uh, to go, we don't know how the season's going to fall. How it's exactly. Gonna fall. So if we win the next two games, I would keep Donnie as OC. Um, you know, if we, if we literally uh, go six and seven, uh, I don't know how you keep them. That's just my gut feeling. I don't, that's my, I feel. There's some logic there. Um, if we if we go put 40 on uh, Temple and then and then put you know score 38, 40 on, on in the ball game, something like that, um, and then you know Donnie's looking great. Um, so yeah, how's the season? How's the rest of the season going to play out? Um, you know, uh, that's one game. Um, you know, let's see what happens. And like you said, uh, verifying things behind the scenes. Uh, without giving away too much information, um, as I just read those text messages a moment ago, um, this this there's some issues that need to be addressed uh, with this football team, and uh, and those don't rely with Donnie's play calling, uh, from what we're hearing behind the scenes. Right. Yeah, guys. And- things. 
Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, uh, I was going to say, hey, look, listen, for me, like, th- this Temple game is – we need to treat it like our damn Super Bowl. Uh, it needs to be a business trip. We need to, to play angry. Um, I, I anticipate on the plane ride up to Philly, it should be a very quiet. Guys should be laser-focused. Um, this this needs to be treated very seriously. And I'll, and I'll say this to piggyback off what you were saying there, Matt, and, and what we were just, you know, verifying. I don't care who they are. Uh, if there's some attitudes that aren't adjusted, they don't need to play. And I don't give a damn who they are. Um, so I'll say that uh, if you can't, if you Agreed. can't get you, yeah, if you if you can't get refocused and get get dialed back in and locked back in and be ready to go, then sit your ass on the bench or stay in Greenville. Agreed. Yeah, no doubt about it. And. uh, it's going to be the last two weeks are going to be, or the last two, not weeks, the last two games are going to be very telling. And we'll start with Temple on the clock. And, uh, hey, uh, that's that's what it's all about. But, uh, you know, you always have, uh, Matt, let me ask you this now that, and Bubba, um, I'm going to ask you this and we'll move on. Uh, what kind of issues did you have? You don't have to call out players because that stays in the locker room. And I get that. That's a brotherhood kind of thing. But what kind of issues did you have in the Logan era um, that maybe they're minor, major, that most of us fans, media, alums, we wouldn't know? I think the biggest thing is, like, there's this perception from the outside that, like, players and coaches are, like, always just get along great. And, you know, it's just just the perfect relationship. That Listen, there are times throughout the course of a season where, as a player – you want to you want to go after your coach. Like there are those days where you're you've had enough of your coach, and that happened to me many times. And I'm sure there were days where my coaches probably despise me. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure. It's just the way it is. Those things go on. Um, you're gonna have blowups. You're gonna have blowups. Like uh, there was one day in practice where our offense, entire offense, and we have Sean Richardson uh, on the line here. He'll tell you, the entire offense fought the entire defense. It was a, an absolute <laughs> blood – what do you call it, in Kyle? Uh, like a Royal Rumble, Kyle? Battle Royal. Battle uh, Royal is what you're looking for. Yeah. 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 And, and guess what? 15 minutes later in the locker room, everybody's, you know, kind of joking around and, and, and you know, hugging it out. I mean, look, look, here, here's Jay right here, Sean Richardson. Uh, yeah. I mean, I bet you Sean punched me in the face a few times in practice. Uh, but, <laughs> listen, those are things that just go on. You, you have to – you have to find a way to get past it. No question. Bubba, what about you? Did you have anything that uh, behind the scenes, obviously you're not going to give up names, but that stays in the locker room, but like generic terms of uh, things that happen, like issues of um, players, maybe not getting playing time, or is there certain things that can really be a cancer in the locker room? Yeah, there were certainly things uh, like Matt saying, as far as the, the offense and defense and, you know, when you go through spring ball and fall camp, I mean, it's bound to happen. If it doesn't happen, then you probably should be concerned as a coach. So you just have to keep it, you know, keep it under control and not let it get out of hand. Uh, and so, but, but yeah, I'd say a coach, if, if you aren't having that uh, to some extent, then it's uh, probably pretty alarming. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, in, in a joking manner, Kevin Monroe, as I was listening to the very end of the fourth quarter as I left the stadium a little early, Kevin Monroe was talking about it was good to see Doug Martin, or Jeff Charles brought up it was good to see Doug Martin at the game yesterday. And Kevin said that Doug Martin hated him 
uh, when he was a player. He said that, Ke- that Doug would never talk to him because in, 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 in practice he would be so physical with Martin's receivers that uh, he hated him when he played and would never talk to him, never smile at him, never said a word to him. So it's good now that they can talk and joke with each other because when Kevin Murray was a player, him and Doug Martin did not get along. <laughs> so yeah, Kyle, uh, right there. Yeah, we, you know, I had some, uh, you know, cornerbacks can be pretty talkative at times. Uh, so I had some uh, fairly talkative cornerbacks and uh, secondary guys on my team. And I just remember one of my coaches, and it, he, he looked at me and or looked at the offensive team in the huddle and said, will y'all please shut him and, uh, you know, make him shut up. I mean, just, and, and then we made a couple plays and, and the offenses, excuse me, the offense started talking and, uh, and then that, that made him talk even more. Yeah. So that kind of stuff, I think is, that kind of stuff, I think is pretty normal. Um, but you know, the problem is if, if, if there becomes real issues in the locker room, just beyond what, what you guys were talking about, I think that's when it becomes an issue. Yeah, and I think uh, what'll be great is uh, winning cures everything, like you hear. And uh, I think that um, you know, what we went on Saturday, that's that's the plan. That's what we hope for. Who knows um, if this team rallies behind and they have a great practice, uh, great practices rather uh, this week, then uh, yeah, we we should go up there and beat Temple. But who knows uh, what's going to happen? We'll see. Well, we'll see what happen happens. And guys, I know it's going to be. Uh, very, I, I would imagine Tuesday and Wednesday are going to be very physical, uh, to say the least. <laughs> and uh, we'll see how things go there. But uh, certainly, I think it'll be great. In fact, uh, I would wager that we have a good shot to win the next two games. So um, if we don't, then there's no point to – that's what, what was frustrating for me, guys. And I'll uh, finish up. I know we're running long. But what the fact was that you're right about – I noticed in the third, four, third and fourth quarter – it just felt like that there was no fight in there. There was no physicality, and we, we'd we given up. And so we'll see how that plays out this coming week. And I'm sure Mike Houston is challenges his coaches. I'm sure he's challenges players. He's challenged himself. And I seriously, how much uh, how much coffee do you think the coaches are going to drink and how much do you think they'll sleep and see their family? Not very much, right? I, I think they're going to be locked in this week. The coaching staff is, and I think they're going to try to get this team back locked in. And uh, I expect, I fully expect us to come out Saturday and play well against Temple. And if we don't, then shame on us because we're a much better football team than what we showed yesterday. And we're a better football team than Temple. And uh, we need to go up to Philadelphia and, uh, and and let that be our senior day. So, you know, screw this past Saturday. Uh, the, the, this coming up Saturday is the final regular season game. Uh, let's go ruin their senior day and make it our, make it our senior day in Philadelphia. No doubt. Well, um... Now, Dave, to address this very quickly, as far as Craig, <laughs> Craig, under under Coach Montgomery, we absolutely uh, never had a bad practice. But uh, under under the current regime, Coach Houston, um, you know, if you go back and look at it, especially early on in his tenure, and then you know, fr- you know, every now and then, and not nearly as frequently, um, over the last year or two, um, once the program. Uh, Matt, Bubba, you died out there at the end, but I think what you were trying to say is 
that uh, Coach Houston early on in his tenure commented several times on bad practices, and even even recent times he'll say when the team doesn't practice well. Hey guys, really just quick to cut in, you know, uh, I wanted to welcome in Stevie Johnson, you know, to the show. Scott, you know, Kyle, I wanted to take a minute here. You know, Stevie had a lot to say on the fifth quarter uh, last night. I invited Stevie to come to this show, man to man. All right, wait, said, wait, wait, wait a minute, Matt. Wait, wait a minute, Matt. Hold, hold on, hold on. You, you, you did. You, you did invite Stevie on. And, I, and I'm going to address Stevie Johnson right here. Me, me and Stevie wants to keep talking shit to me. Let me tell you something, you little motherfucker. And I don't care who doesn't like the language. I'm dealing with colon cancer, and I have neuropathy in my hands and feet and face. And I was cold just at the end of the fourth quarter. That's why I left. I've never left the game all year early because when we were winning. I left yesterday early not because we were losing, but because I was hurting. I left early in the fourth quarter. And I don't know who you are, but you were calling me out in the fifth quarter yesterday. And now you're calling, coming up here. Matt invited you on the show personally, and you wouldn't come on. Come on. We'll send you a link. We got a little time left. We'll send you a link right now. You want to come talk to me? Talk to me one-on-one. I don't know who you are, what your problem is with me, but, you know, not even worth my time. Come on the show. Come on the show, Stevie. Whoever you are, or maybe you want to meet somewhere face-to-face, I'll be happy to talk to you face-to-face anytime you want. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you think you, I mean, yeah, I don't. I mean, this, this I, is one what, thing I ain't never done is back down from a fight. And uh, if Stevie's if you got a problem with me personally, you little cocksucker, come on, let's go face to face, wherever you are. You want to meet? I'll meet you. I'll meet you. you one of two things is going to happen you're going to tell your family and friends you, you got your ass kicked by a legally blind man with cancer, or you're going to tell your friends and family that you kicked a legally blind man's ass with cancer. Either way, it ain't a good look for you. So you, you you want to keep talking shit? I'm happy to meet you anywhere, anytime you want to. Yeah, I mean, uh, all he's got is about cussing, you know. Um, look, the bottom line is with this whole thing. All he's got is put, put it back up there. What a professional! I, I never said I was professional, dude. I never said I was professional. I I, I am not. A, I, I I look. Hey, Dave gave Dave's consummate professional. Matt, dude, I'm telling you right now, uh, if, if whoever this, oh boy, yeah. I, I, hey, listen, I always here's the thing. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna go after somebody personally with comments, I'm putting my picture up, and I'm gonna make sure that's my real name up. I don't know, Stevie, put your picture up, man. Come on, <laughs> don't hide behind. Come on, let us know who you are. Eighty sixty Highway nine hundred three South Lagrange, North Carolina. Anytime, anywhere. That's where I live. Come on down, motherfucker. <laughs> Pace says Kyle for the top rope suplex. <laughs> no, look, it, it, it just if, if people are offended by my language, I, I apologize. But this guy called me out on Pirate Radio last night, and, and now he's calling me out up here. It, you know, it, it, it pisses me off. That's who I am. Who are you, Stevie? Who are you? Stevie sounds like a girl's name to me. Are you a girl? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely the wild, like yesterday. It's the wild, wild west, and uh, you know that's. Uh, in fact, uh, Sean talks about Kyle. That's a pirate spirit, exactly. You know, um, and we're not. And and last time I checked, Kyle, we're not hired by the university. So no, we're we're not hired by anybody. We're an independent podcast that does our own thing, and I'm not a professional. Dave's had thirty years in radio. 
you know, uh, B. Pays, who just commented, has had multiple years of experience in radio. I'm not a professional mm-hmm. anything, never claimed to be. What I am is a loudmouth with an attitude, and I'll back up anything. I say, well, I'm a crybaby. Dude, you're just talking trash. You're a troll. You're just a little <laughs> troll bitch is who you are. Why am I wasting my time on you? You can't I'll say anything constructive. We should set up a Thunderdome match. We'll invite oh, you. Celebrity death match. Let's I'll do be a- the ref. I'll be the ref. All right. What do you think about that? That'll work. That'll work, Matt. You you can be the ref. <laughs> I, in fact, in fact, in fact, that that in fact, that's a really good idea, Matt. You be the ref. <laughs> I'm a big talker with no brother. I, I'm begging you. I'm I gave you my address. Come on down. You, where, where do you live, Stevie? I'll come to you. I'll come to you. Well. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I don't want, dude, I I don't even I, I don't even know what he's. This dude is just. I feel like this is Roy D. Mercer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't even. This dude is just is a complete joke. Bring see, look, he's just he's a troll. He's a complete troll. <laughs> oh my god! Look, uh, Robert says a charity boxing match. Yeah, well, let's do it. Let's do it. It can go. It can go to business at the Colon Cancer Association. Because he's on Tenth Street. It, 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 on, I'm waiting on Tenth Street. I'm sure you are, dude. What are you? What are you, what, what are you hooking? You, with a name like Stevie, like I said, you're a girl. I think you're a bitch. So that's what you're doing on Tenth Street, hooking you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I used to keep a straight. How face much for a blowjob, Stevie? <laughs> wow. All right. Um... <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> hey, maybe this is just what we needed after a tough loss. Yeah, I was ready to say you. You beat me to it. You beat me to it. No, uh, and, I'm, and I'm sorry that this is. You know, I'm coming off. This is this is who I am. When you push my buttons, I'm gonna come out swinging. You are a joke, tremendous, Stevie. I'm a joke. Well, you know what? Nobody knows who you are. People know who I am. Who are you? I'm with your wife. Tremendous. Can I watch? <laughs> oh you dumbass. Oh well. Come on, Stevie. I mean, who who are you? Who are you, Stevie? Who are you really? <laughs> oh, this is a show within a show. Kyle comes from a street straight off a MF or SF. Look, I ain't from I ain't from the streets. I'm from the dirt roads, baby. I grew up on a farm out in the middle of nowhere in Martin County. If you think I ain't kicked some shit, you ain't seen nothing. Uh Let's set up some Oklahoma drill. Jay Walker, he knows, he knows what Oklahoma drill is. I'll set it up. She's beside oh, yeah. you. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> so, uh, Stevie, Stevie, Stevie. You know, I, I wonder who Stevie really is. I, I really would like to know at this point. I really would like to know at this point. No, uh, yeah, I, exactly. It's the same people that are keyboard bandits on online. You know, they, they next week when we win big. Against Temple, they'll be oh yes. Well, no, this clown, this clown was calling me out last night on Pirate Radio. Matt, Matt drew my attention to it, and then, uh, and then I, you know, yeah. then I gave him, and then I made the mistake of giving him a little attention and calling him out on the air. So now people know who he is, and uh, you know, so now he wants to come on here. Matt invited him on the podcast. He invited him to come on as a guest. Stevie, we'll send you a link. We'll still send you a link right now. We'll send you a link right now, Stevie. You can come on and address me, man to man. You know, I'll, I'll let you talk. I'll mute myself. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what you can say. You just come on. Come on up here. 
That's right. <laughs> definitely hey, said Stevie is Jeff Coffer calling from his basement. That's Did probably that right. It's probably yeah, it's probably Jeff Coffer. <laughs> that, that's it. That's Stevie is Jeff. He's finally trying to get his revenge after all these years. Uh, He's gonna be calling you out next week. <laughs> Kyle the Punk, I'll be calling you out next week. Look, how about this? How about Mr. Punk to you, Stevie, you little bitch? And uh, you know, just address me as sir for now on. Hey, you, by the way, does this you guys hate Paul Feinbaum? This is why I love Paul Feinbaum show. <laughs> but that's what our show has become the Paul Feinbaum show with callers calling each other out. And oh my gosh, I, I haven't laughed this hard in a long, long time, especially after a loss. So, um, Sean says Brian Pays hilarious, exactly. B Pays is the man. Um, hey, Brian, speaking of that, Dave, on the it's gonna be. It's going to be, uh, remember, it's it's Iron Bowl week in the state of Alabama. So the, the oh, women yeah. will be, the women will be in, uh, in Iron Bowl mode. Yeah, Craig says, Steve Cecil Johnson. <laughs> Cecil, Cecil, are you listening? Cecil. I'll take the truck and ram it. There you go, Justin. I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, is hysterical. It's hysterical. But, you know, that's part of, uh, I guess when, uh, hey, didn't Cecil talk about the one thing we all can agree on with Cecil said, the one statement he that talked Stevie's about. Stevie's a bitch. I remember he said that. <laughs> and I was talking about the lunatic fringe. But, yeah, you took the. <laughs> no I remember challenge. when Cecil made that great speech. He was sitting there talking. He was up on the podium. He was saying all the stuff nobody agreed with. But then he ended it with Stevie's a bitch. And the crowd just roared with applause. <laughs> <laughs> you always have an excuse, Kyle. What's my excuse, Stevie? What's my excuse? What excuse do I have? What what excuse am I, am I given? What's my excuse? Explain 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 what your problem is. Right, he has well look, he needs to get his own look. Stevie, get your own show. Um, because we want to focus on uh we gave you way more time than we like a long, long time. Um so anyway. Um, let's move on from that. I know there are people that probably, we, we could care less, um, about, um, the comments, you know, you're going to have those people that everybody has opinions, right? So I don't um, think, I don't think he has an opinion. I think he's a troll, but, um, yeah. And I'm not going to put that last comment up. Um, we'll leave that at that. Um, oh, what was it, Dave? What was it? Please, please tell me. Um, he was talking about your excuse about medical excuse. So he went there. Oh, medical excuse. Well, you know, I, I do have colon cancer and, I, you know, I do get chemo. So, um, uh, by the way, maybe at ECU Health sometime. Come on. <laughs> I'll beat your ass while I'm getting chemo treatment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are you guys are fantastic. You made my you made my day. I've been really tired. I've been down about the game. I, I really I, I never in a million years thought this would happen. So just like, hey. I was shocked, guys. I was shocked about the score yesterday and the outcome, and I'm shocked the way this show went today. So, <laughs> uh, nothing shocks me. Nothing shocks me. Um, haters gonna hate. That's right, no doubt. And guys, do you have anything before we go? I know, obviously, good luck to the Pirates, uh, the basketball team. They're doing the uh, the tournament tomorrow in Florida against Indiana State at two o'clock. I know it's. Uh, a yeah, football I would have, I would advise not getting down by twenty points to Indiana State. Actually, one thirty. I beg your pardon. I believe it's one thirty tomorrow. Um, That's going to be Indiana a tough State. game. A solid Indiana State's got a solid team. They're three and zero. Uh, yeah. yeah, if we get down big in that game, we're not going to be coming back. So, going to take uh, 
It's going to take a complete effort there. No question. And uh, hopefully we don't get, um, you know, a loss is a loss, but certainly you can't spot a team um, double digit lead in uh, all three ball games. So we pray that that uh, will happen. And by the way, guys, congratulations to Kim McNeil. They won today over Charleston Southern. So um, I'm happy for them and the women's basketball team. Um, congratulations to them. By the way, Sean says, I do believe in Mike Houston. He's a good coach and gets better year by year. Sean, you're right. And I, I tell you what, we go eight and four, baby. Um, and next year, um, you know, it's going to be a good year. And I think uh, with we have a real shot to be in the hunt to win the conference next year. So there's a lot to be happy about with this program. Just flush, short memory, flush this loss. Don't burn the tape. Let's focus on Temple and move on. Um, Bubba, do you guys have anything? Just what you were saying as far as um, tomorrow we'll have power basketball overtime after that uh, game four of the season against Indiana State down in Florida. First game away from Minji's, and it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how we handle that uh, um, because, uh, you know, if we get off to a start like we did in the first three games, then uh, it's going to make matters very difficult for ourselves. Uh, and Sean Richardson said he just hopes he and Coach Houston keeps the pressure on his coordinators to it, I get, I'm sure he's primarily talking about offensively, but uh, hopefully we'll continue to make strides there. Yeah, the basketball game tomorrow, uh, obviously stating the obvious, don't get down big early, Indiana State. Quality basketball program, um, Sycamores. Uh, you know, if we come back from 20 down against them, I'm really going to start thinking that's our plan. Are we just going to play a bunch of players, tire people out, you know, and just, just you know, uh, it'd be interesting to see how we play on, on, well, not technically on the road. I guess it's a tournament neutral site, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how we play tomorrow against the quality team. It's a definite step up in competition. And by the way, if you want to, people may be wondering, uh, I'll say this. Sorry for going so long tonight. We didn't plan on that, but uh, the show is on uh, Flow Sports, Flow Hoops to be exact. And um, we'll have the three tournament games on there. Plus, there's a game at Wilmington, guys, the War on the Shore. Um, so they'll be coming up in December. I think it's December 4th. So there's four games that you can uh, get for. I'm going to just do it for one month, uh, to be honest. That's what I signed up for. How much Friday. is the subscription? Uh, it's $30 a month. Oh, my um, God. Or like 200 for the year. I'm not going to pay. That is a bit overpriced. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're and getting Dave, so. and a little about this game tomorrow against Indiana State. Um, the Sycamores are a seven and a half point favorite. And through their first three games, which have been against Green Bay, you know, formerly known as Wisconsin Green Bay, a little bit of rebranding there, Ball State, as well as North Dakota State, they are averaging about 87 or 88 points a game. Oh my um, th their head coach is a guy that uh, Mike Schwartz is familiar with. Um, while Coach Schwartz is at Tennessee, um, Indiana State's head coach had been at Division II Lincoln Memorial there in Tennessee. So um, there is some familiarity there, and he said that they are friends, um, play a very up-tempo style of play and uh, get after it defensively, and that's showing thus far uh, as they're averaging, like I said, 87 or 88 points a game. Are they prone to turning the ball over, playing up-tempo? And who else is in this tournament? Who, who else will we be facing? Oh, there's, uh, <clears throat> there's a number of teams, including, let's see, off the top of my head. Yeah. Just one moment, Dave. I'm putting the bracket on the screen. Okay. All right. Thank you. 
we did have that for another day. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, so that uh, North Kentucky team is very good. Um, by the way, Kyle, far to go. Northern, North, Northern, Northern Kentucky. Drexel's always good. Um, yep, so, Toledo is good. And Florida Gulf Coast, obviously, where Dooley came from. Yep. Yep. So uh, decent. You know, the good thing about this is going to be challenging, but it's not like a lot of blue bloods in the tournament where um, where you're going. God, I hope we can keep it close. You know. So um, I'm I'm in, I'm excited about it and. Uh, We'll look forward to seeing how it happens, guys. And uh, by the way, wanted to ask you guys about, uh, um, I mean, we have uh, tomorrow night, we have, of course, uh, Bubba, we have a lot of great programming. And on Monday night, uh, we'll have Jeff Connors again, right? Yeah, we'll have another edition of Absolute Empowerment with Coach Jeff Connors. Um, the previous edition had been with EMAC, Emmanuel McDaniel, you know, who played, I think, right at a decade in the NFL after an excellent career with the Pirates, he played for the New York Giants, played for the Cardinals, as well as some others. I think maybe he had a brief time with the Panthers. Um, and then also Junior Smith, um, three consecutive 1,000-plus yard seasons mm -hmm. there from 92, 93, 94. So um, definitely go back and check that one out. And then, um, and then this most recent one as well. Uh, no doubt. And we have, of course, Tuesday, we'll have our pirate preview as we're previewing the Temple game in Philly on Tuesday, Wednesday. Our good buddy, Matt Semenza, Sonny and Semenza, uh, will have that great show as well. Right, guys? Yeah. Uh, I, I, Jay, Matt, uh, or Jay's not on here. Matt, uh, you, you <laughs> and Jay got a big show uh, this Wednesday? Absolutely. And, you know, we got some huge games coming up this weekend. So there'll be a lot to preview and, uh, that's always a fun show because we get to kind of take a look a, look around the country at other games besides East Carolina. So uh, hopefully everybody tunes in for that. By the way, uh, Craig said he just saw Stevie on 10th Street. He's uh, spinning a sign for 80% off at Mattress Warehouse. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, uh, we, we know who Stevie is now. Um, I, I uh, By the way, guys, as we uh, as we get off that ass clown, um, just just quick question to you guys. Uh, bring it up later in the week, but I'll bring it up now, um, and then we'll wrap it up. Unless somebody else has something they need to say. Uh, what's everybody's plan for Thanksgiving? Just just curious. Uh, working and then uh, going to my my sister's house, Amy, on um, on Thursday night. And by the way, she was nominated. She's going to be nominated for the ECU uh, Nursing Hall of Fame. So I'm really proud of her, and I want to give her a shout out because she's a she got all her degrees, guys, from ECU. So Really proud of her, and um, that will know something here uh, for a long time. Congratulations, Amy. I've known her since I was seven years old. Uh, yep. So congrats to, to Amy. Yep. And um, yeah. What, what about you? Hey, did, did we? I remember we had this conversation last year, and you guys introduced pecan pie, pecan pie, <laughs> which I still have never had before. Oh my god, we've got to make. Oh my god, that's one of my favorite desserts. You've never had that, Matt. No, he talked about this last year. Matt's never yeah, had I didn't it. Know if you had, yeah, nope. uh, Matt, Matt, you got it. My my wife, maybe, maybe I'll get my wife to make one. We'll send you. Well, she's definitely making two. Actually, maybe, maybe we'll, one for uh, Stevie too. <laughs> maybe we'll we'll send you some. I ain't gonna make shit for Stevie except for me. I'm making my necklace sandwich. Um, I uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, the best way I know, the best the best thing I know to tell you if you got a Cracker Barrel near you, that's probably your easiest place to get it. Being in Connecticut, uh, to get, to all get right. But uh, Bubba, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? 
same old, same old, uh, you know, something with my in-laws and then, um, that's typically for lunchtime. And then, uh, we'll go to my parents in the evening and, uh, and kind of, kind of getting back to our schedule for this week for our programming. I was drawing a blank earlier as far as who our guest is on absolute empowerment with coach Connors. Uh, I knew it was one that a lot of folks are going to enjoy hearing from former East Carolina assistant coach on Bill Lewis staff and former head coach with the Indianapolis Colts, Chuck Pagano. Okay. That's going to be a huge nice. show. Chuck Pagano. If you guys don't, don't know. Uh, my memory of him is from a long time ago, but really uh, good personality, you know, good sense of humor. I think that'll be uh, entertaining to listen to. <laughs> and he's a soul thank you, Damien. Yeah, Matt, Matt, what do you, what do you, uh, you don't eat pecan pie, so, so, so what do you guys have for dessert? I know you're going to go with pumpkin pie. Anything else? That's I go, I go straight up Italian, fellas, and it pays, you know, I'm, I'm, I love my Italian food. So really, no matter what holiday it is, I'll go chicken Spaghetti bar, and turkey? I'll go pasta. I'll throw in a little turkey. I'll throw maybe a spiral cut ham. What but, about dessert? Uh, what do you do for dessert? You throw, you know, apple uh, pie. Apple. I'm an apple pie oh, connoisseur. Apple crumb with a, a little vanilla ice cream on top, you know, okay. right before nap. Right before nothing, nap. nothing wrong with that. Yep. That sounds good. All right. Well, we'll see how everything goes. Hopefully, we'll have a a great Thanksgiving and a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend uh, with the Pirates on the road at Temple. We'll see how that plays out. Thanks for all the great comments, the uh, fireworks, as they say. Uh, we appreciate everybody on Facebook, YouTube, and obviously you archive the show as well. And you can still hear the traditional podcast on every major podcast player there is. All right, until next time, you've been watching and listening to the Pirate, uh, I was going to say, the Pirate Playback brought to you by LNK Custom Homes. Thanks to them. Porky's Backyard Barbecue, and pgxgloves.com. Until next time, go Pirates. You've been watching the Pirate Football Playback on the Sports Objective. Join us next Sunday night on our YouTube channel and Facebook Live as we talk East Carolina football. Follow us on social media at the Sports OBJ on Twitter and TikTok, at the Sports Objective on Instagram. Please like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. Go Pirates! Keep a plank for the short tank, traders beware, because we got a whole bunch of body sailors in here. Armed and ready, bang the lane, be aware, because if the backboard break, glass